A bonus episode this week as we have an interview in which Nicole talks to People Before Profit Taller Rep Emma Hendrick about an article she wrote for Rebel. The article focuses on the tasks of the women's movement and makes criticism of liberal approaches to women in politics. The article can be found linked below. Just before I go to the interview, I just want to say if anyone wants to support the podcast, they can do so through the podcast Patreon, which is linked below. Okay, I'll go to the interview now. Cheers. So, hello, Emma. We are here discussing your wonderful article that you wrote for International Women's Day, A Voice for Working Class Women. So when we refer to the article, just so people are aware, it is available on Rebel News. If you're looking to read uh, Emma's wonderful words, if you aren't happy with hearing them all here today. So in your article, you make criticisms of a kind of liberal approach to the women's movement in which it seeks to incorporate more women into the establishment without fundamentally changing the system, which causes so much oppression for women and the working class as a whole. So what are the limitations of such an approach? Um, I think we just really need to look at the repeal campaign, you know, which when it first started off was really vibrant and it was great to have so many young people around and like strike for repeal was militant, you know, that yeah. was that was like a general strike. We had never seen the likes it of it. It was fantastic. You know, I remember um all of us across the socialist left were like, This is brilliant. Yeah, it was so inspired for us. Yeah. <laughs> so exciting. And then I think if we look back at repeal with the lens of today and listening to the people who feel that their voices were left out of the whole conversation. So migrant women would feel that their voices were left out. Um, You know, traveler women would feel like their voices were left out. Um, At times, I know a good few working class women's voices felt like their voices were left out. You know, I remember distinctly um, in our own campaign in Dublin Southwest, where I am, having to make the argument about going to canvas in places like Jobstown and Killinarden and really having to go out to bat for those communities to say, we need to go canvas in these places. Like, you know, we seen from marriage equality. That's where the big turnout. It wasn't exactly translated in the repeal campaign, but it was extremely important to go out and speak to people in the working class communities to to hear what they were saying about repeal and where they seen themselves in it. And I think because the people that were put up, that were highlighted as the leaders of repeal, they weren't working class voices. They were very much middle class voices. And there was no class consciousness in it. Like I even remember when the Oireachtas Committee um, were having their debate And the question was like, you know, should abortion be available in for socioeconomic reasons? It was there was two questions about socioeconomic reasons, and one of them, people before profit, and the social democrats voted yes, and in the other one, the social democrats voted no. That just really highlighted it to me where the other parties were. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, of course. And like that was very much something that the Citizens Assembly was in favour of from what I remember. That was something yeah. that they 
very much mentioned and, and had as part of what they would have been advising. And I think that goes back to, again, the people who were involved in advising the Oireachtas Committee mm-hmm. and then the people also in the wider Together for Yes campaign. You know, it wasn't, you didn't hear working class voices and, you know, like a good campaign and part of it was the trade union movement um, that were supporting repeal because they were basically saying, you know, it costs an awful lot to have a child. People need to be able to have options and, you know, a reason for not having a child is that you can't afford it. Like, that's not a bad reason. That's a, a point of choice as well. Like, it's not full choice if socioeconomic reasons are getting in the way. Like, I, Absolutely. So I just think um, we have had some really good wins in the women's movement. And I think it's really important to recognise those wins. And those wins didn't necessarily come easily at all. And I'm not saying that they did, but I'm saying that we wouldn't have had those wins if the establishment had a choice. And the wins that we have had haven't been the wins we wanted exactly either. Like you and I wanted free, safe, legal abortion. And that's what we campaigned for. Like That's what we campaigned for, mm-hmm. but that's not what we've gotten. You know, there's if you're living in Sligo, you can't have an abortion. The hospital doesn't offer it and no GP offers it, you know, like. Like that's a whole county just completely left out of it. And it's very easy for us in Dublin to be like, oh, we've won. It's over now. Everybody's happy. Absolutely. You know, there's so many, like I think there's only 10 of the maternity hospitals offering yeah, it. half and of them in the country. Like it's shocking. There's ha- Like we've had wins, but they haven't been completely the wins we've wanted. And because we've gained something people then think it's all done they think it's all done and because with repeal you know we weren't making and it wasn't us right so when I say us I'm talking about the socialist left yes of course (laughs) me and you the symbols of the socialist left (laughs) I remember you know the cervical check scandal came out at the same time just towards the end of repeal and uh, Simon Harris was being hailed as this poster boy by like the official campaigns and by people within campaigns. And it was like, you know, he was the Minister for Health and he was presiding over the cervical check scandal where women were dying on one hand. And then on the other hand, we were fighting for abortion rights and the catalyst of that was women dying. But we couldn't call him out. We were told um, that to call him out on women dying in cervical check would do a disservice to the repeal movement. And, you know, it would um, make it seem like we're not all together and we we don't want the same thing. And, you know appease him he's given us what we want so smile and make sure he thinks that we're lovely like I think that that has been some of the problems with some of the social justice single issue campaigns that have emerged Mm -hmm. Um, whereas if we're not connecting everything and these were two things very easily of course yeah women's health like you know um if we're not connecting everything 
because we're afraid we're going to lose something. You know, are we really doing a justice to anyone on either side of that debate? Like, you know, let's be real here. Um, the people who were, the people that had to have termination for medical reasons have been, you know, it was like, that's why you should vote to repeal the eight. It's the people that have to have termination for medical reasons don't have to travel. Mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. women still have to travel yes exactly it's the highlighted cases are still the ones suffering like I, I exactly you know it's so like, shocking I don't think it's due to the socialist left lack of will or trying to make these interventions in these campaigns either and to connect them but I do think that it's the low level of class consciousness and this whole thing about um it's not it's it's allyship rather than solidarity in campaigns now that is being promoted by the liberal left and that um buys into a lot of identity politics and a lot of um its individuality whereas we would be saying um it's collective action that gets things done and it's only when we all come together and collectively push for something that we can tr- achieve real and substantive change across the classes. So to sum up, your article finishes by noting, we can't rely on elected reps, be they men or women, to give us liberation. That will only be achieved by a movement of the whole working class. So this very much ties into what you were just talking about. So how can socialists work to build this movement in the working class in an inclusive form of socialist feminism? I think it's really important to be actively seeing out talking to people we need to be having conversations with people and understand where people are coming from and meeting them where they're at we need to be able to identify where they're coming from but also explain to them where we think movements should be going so for example the women's movement you know, at the moment, we're having a whole argument um, about the National Maternity Hospital. That was going to be my next question. So we'll cover it all in this one big encompassed. <laughs> I think that we are having that conversation and this is the perfect time to be having that conversation about stuff that has happened previously regarding hospitals and our whole healthcare system. And we need to be tying the fight for the National Maternity Hospital completely into the separation of church and state because that will definitely lead us into um the whole situation about talking about education and how we need to get the churches out of our schools sex education lgbt education trans rights all of that type stuff well if we don't push it further now to ask for a separation of church and state it's just a battle that we're going to have to have the next time something like this comes up Absolutely. And I think if you talk to any women out in working class areas, there's a good group of women I know up in Jobstown, the Glen Chain Women's Network. If you go and you speak to them about separation of church and state, they understand. They have it. They've gotten it. They don't need us to come in and explain it to them from the left. Like, yeah. They know exactly what they've, you know, they're all in their 60s and 70s, those women. They've grown up under Catholic Ireland. They know exactly what it was like. They can tell us a thing or two. Exactly. So, like, I think 
when the left are speaking to people, it's it's important not to be moralistic. And I think that that's a problem that is coming into politics a lot, that there mm-hmm. is moralism about, you know, the minute you say something wrong you know, or out of line, you know, that's it. Like, we seem to be talking down to people. And like, I suppose, like, my article was written in response to this frustration I have with this more women in politics, this Mormon campaign that seems mm-hmm. to and seems to be floated by certain political groups out there. And my argument is like, you know, there's people, yes, we absolutely need more women at the decision making table. I would rather have Paul Murphy or Richard Boy Barrett or Gino Kenny or Mick Barry at the decision making table owed over Emer Higgins or jo- Josepha Madigan because they are going to work in my best interests mm-hmm. because they represent me. Whereas, you know, Josepha Madigan and Emer Higgins don't represent me as a woman. They're not working for my class interests. You know, they're people that have spoken out about having traveler accommodation in, in their areas. You know, like, so I don't, this whole thing about voting for, like, just vote, like, you you shouldn't just vote for someone just because they're a woman. You shouldn't just vote for someone just because they represent a minority group. My argument is politics matters much more than gender. Like, if it's a choice between a socialist woman and a socialist man, yes, let's vote for the socialist woman. Let's vote for the socialist traveller representative. You know, like, let's, you know, politics matters so much more. We know, like, for example, um, Hazel Chu. I will stand up any day of the week and speak out against the racism that that woman has to deal with. It's abhorrent. Absolutely, of course. But I will not, for one minute, defend her policies as a member of the Green Party. She is going to vote with the Green Party the Green Party or a party in government who have voted against the rent caps, who have voted to cut the PUP, who didn't stand up for the Debenhams workers, you know. So, like, it's all very well and good that she is my a minority woman. And, yes, she deserves every chance to run for public office um, the same way anybody does. But she just shouldn't be voted in because she represents um, minority female women like she 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 doesn't because she's at the end of the day she's one of the green yeah like we have to consider someone's politics and what grouping of people they're actually going to help with their message rather than just what grouping of people they may represent by their gender or their skin color or anything like that yes absolutely like I know um there is a member of um the Fianna Fáil party who has become um the first a person of colour uh, mayor, uh, the first black mayor, and brilliant, fantastic. But Fianna Fáil introduced direct provision. Politicians should be working for the people who they most want to represent. And that that just flabbergasts me. Like, you know, Fianna Fáil, why would you join Fianna Fáil? They, they introduced direct provision, like... I get you, I get you. There's a lot of confusion as to how people can end up doing the things they do in politics. <laughs> um, all we can do is try and explain why we're, we're doing what we're doing, I suppose. 
So in the article you state, women's equality has come a long way since 1908, but we still need feminism and a women's movement to advance our progressive agenda. As there are still a host of issues facing women today, what are these issues? We only have 35 minutes, do we? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, good point. (laughs) They're everything. You know, you don't see as many women in politics. You don't see as many women in leadership roles. Um, There is such a thing as the gender pay gap. If we look at Ireland, um, we talk about the commodification of women's bodies, the lack of, you know, uh, services surrounding women's health, the lack of abortion services, cervical check scandal, the National Maternity Hospital issues that are ongoing. So there's a wide, wide, vast range of things that we still need to be out there fighting for as women, women specific issues. And I think that we need to be aware they're both economic and social and they're both very, very interrelated in that way. And, you know, when we talk about the gender pay gap, that's also talking about maternity leave and paternity leave and child benefit and getting women back to the workforce. And it's just we need to be really aware, I suppose, as as women um, that we are continuing to have to fight and that fight isn't just either or we should be fighting for both economic equality but social equality as well. So what has been the fallout of COVID-19? What are the effects of these on working class women in Ireland who disproportionately face the burden of unpaid domestic labour as well? Well, I think what COVID-19 really highlighted was the unpaid labour that goes on at home. You know, as businesses were moved online and people were working from home, schools were also shut. And it was the women in the home that were left being teacher while trying to do their full time job as well. And, you know, it disproportionately did affect women. There's a a woman I met yesterday in the park and um. She had a five-month-old and the creche is closed and she had to work from home and she had to give up her job because she couldn't manage a five-month-old baby and working from home. So that's someone who's had to give up their income. You know, um, she's a single parent and she's now on social welfare. um, And, you know, she's like, she feels like she's back at square one now. She goes... Stuff is starting to open up again, but I have to find childcare again. And, you know, it's been 18 months. My child is older. You know, they they have more demands. Um, she has to go back and try and find a job. They, she works in the hospitality industry. You know, um, they're not planning. Well, you know, the issues surrounding that at the moment. Yeah, of course. But like, you know, she, she doesn't know when she will properly be able to be back at work and child the cost of childcare then that goes along with that you know she, uh, we got talking about crashes and the cost of childcare so like I do think that as well as the unpaid um domestic labor COVID has highlighted I don't think and it's something that we don't talk about is the emotional labor And I didn't realise I had heard about the emotional labour that was put on women. And it was only when I had a child 
that I realized what emotional labor was, I suppose, or it became more vivid to me. So I suppose to go into detail on that in terms of what you mean by emotional labor, would this be like the women being kind of the manager of the household? So although people in general may split the domestic chores and duties, but it's still up to a woman to kind of be the one to know, oh, we have to get a birthday card for this person and this needs to be done. And it's kind of like you're doling out the tasks of the house, like you're you're the one who has the burden, the mental burden of thinking about it all. Is that kind of what you mean by that absolutely absolutely like and I think like it first kind of came um to me like it really kind of hit me um was when we were going on our first family holiday and I had um packed my my suitcase as Mm -hmm. you normally do of course yeah and then I packed for my daughter so she was quite young like she was she had she was just turned one when we were gone and I was like have I got the right sunscreen have I got that thing for the swimming pool um you know she won't be you know we need a special sleep suit for her because she'd be too warm in her normal sleep suit and like stuff that you're thinking oh it's ridiculous but it's not really no it's practicalities it's the situation that you're dealing with it's stuff that you have to think about you know can you bring uh, milk through the airport um no so you order the pre-made bottles and boots to be delivered to the airport one so you get them when you go through checking wow you know like mad stuff like that like that you would never think of never think of and like i'm the one who had to think of all that, you know? Yeah. And like, that's just regarding children and childcare. And then as she gets older, you know, it's even at Christmas time. Okay, so I need to get a card to my mom from me, of course, but also from her to her granny. Yes. All that type of stuff. Even like the school teachers and crashes, getting them little gifts and things like that. I'm sure that's majority yourself thinking of that side of things like at at Christmas I was like okay who who have I to get like a card or a token from for the crash or you know um ex-auntie is an aunt that maybe would not would normally just get a Christmas card off us but she's helped a lot with childcare now we're gonna have to get her a gift and it's just all of that type of stuff you know like even to the fact that when you are handing your child over to someone to mind you know you're the person who's packing the bag making sure they have food making sure they know what they like they know what they don't like and then you're like okay I'm after doing that work and handing them over and then you're back into your home or wherever without your child because your child's been given to childcare or to you know a parent or someone to mind and you're still thinking what have we got to do in the house in terms of if there's an issue while somebody is minding your child so you know you've handed your child over to the child minder who's the person that they're ringing if there's any problems is it is that more divided or would that be yourself would take those phone calls or whatever as well (laughs) I think because the way society is set up as well that I am the one automatically rang. Yeah. So ring your mom, you're upset. Like that's the way it works. But 
last week there was an issue in the crash and my partner had rang the crash to ask something and the person wasn't there and then they rang me oh wow so they left him out of that even though he had made contact yeah yeah so like is the only place I don't have to fight for equality is about who's in charge of my child you know, that's what it's been yeah. like, you know, who who gets to who gets to make every single decision yeah. um, regarding the outside world. But like, no, it was. Um, yeah, it's just it's this unpaid emotional labor that like you just don't realize. And, you know, I would have really taken it with a pinch of salt when people spoke about it, but haven't spoken to other people who have become, um, you know, first-time mothers and stuff like that. Like, everyone goes through it, like. And, like, I'm quite, unfortunately, the word is lucky because um, my partner would describe himself as a socialist. Yeah. Everything in our household is done in a really fair way. And he's very consciously aware of what you're facing. And, you know, very hands-on and wants to do an awful lot and then be involved in all the decision-making. But there is still those times where stuff that's just not taught about falls to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as I said, it's not only falls to me um indirectly it falls to me directly outside the household when you know he might have rang someone asking for something on behalf of his child but then they're ringing me to to talk about it you know so yeah you're you're battling the whole outside world even though you're trying to make it equal in your own home like I guess. yeah yeah so emma that's been really informative and I would really advise people to have a read of your article because it's a very interesting topic and it's something I think needs to be discussed more so I really appreciate your time and thank you so much for answering the questions today thank you And your head's fucked You stick your trousers on And your last bit of makeup Your last coat button falls away Flowing through life